Hello everyone, welcome back to the main event. I'm Daniel. And I'm Aaron. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? Doing great. Excited. Champions League's back this weekend. Looking forward yes, to it. I am excited. Uh, I already miss it. I don't care. I, I've already got the, the post-season blues. We don't have too long to wait anyway. Season with it starting in September. Probably a little early for the players' health. But I need my fix of football. Get me away from life. Yeah, I was really, really looking forward for the FA Cup game. I just wanted that game. I've never researched so much Chelsea and Arsenal in my life. I was reading all about Aubameyang's contract and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just was desperate for that game. And now I'm desperate for all the European football we've got this this month and I'm excited I'm, for I've it. I've never heard a more Aaron comment in my life. I'm just so excited for the FA Cup final. Aubameyang's contract, just looking <laughs> at the fiscal period Arsenal have had. <laughs> Mr. Statman. Uh, it's going to come in handy later. And we will be talking about the FA Cup final briefly because one of the teams will be featuring tonight as we are going through the 12 remaining teams left in the competition. So... It's not going to be too much detail for the round of 16 lot because we'll be having a podcast that we'll be recording on the 6th. So that should be out on the 7th of August. This is going to be just going through the post-lockdown form of the teams, who's been playing for those teams, who's been scoring, who's been assisting, just to get the feelers back, get everyone warmed up back into that fantasy football mood again since the end of the season and since the huge gap that we've had with the Champions League not being on. But also, it's just the football is going to be coming so thick and fast that the longer we have to just take in some information, the less rushed everything's going to feel later on. I think that's really important to try and make decisions from a position of strength with a level head. So we've had a fun few months doing some random podcasts, but we're back to doing what we're set out to do now, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And that's try and delve back into the world of fantasy. Dun, dun, dun. Let's get started. We're going yep. in alphabetical order, aren't we? Yep. So we're going alphabetical order on the 12 teams remaining. Obviously, it's around, we're on the round of 16, but four teams have already been eliminated, so there's no point in talking about them. So that's why there's 12. <laughs> so starting <laughs> off with Atalanta. Atalanta had a great season. They set a record. Most amount of goals scored in Syria since I think it was in the 50s, uh, which wow. is crazy. They finished the season on 98 league goals, which is insane. Uh, although they were very attacking before the lockdown, they had a few big results, but not as many. I think they kind of died down. I'm excited to watch Atlanta play. Uh, what are your thoughts on Atlanta, Dan? Yeah, that is really exciting. I Genuinely hope that they're the ones to go through. I, I know that we maybe have our doubts about it, but I just love the way they play. It's so open. The catastrophic at the back, um, which I also don't mind. It's very reminiscent of Newcastle 1996. Uh, so like this little special place in my heart. A uh, little bit of a fantasy nightmare because... The one of those teams where you're never quite sure who's gonna gonna play. I like the manager style in terms of he he sets up his eleven, 
to get a certain period through the game and then brings on his substitutes to take advantage of that situation. His substitutions never seem to be reactionary. It's more like we have a player with pace that can really do damage. Let's purposely bring him on in the second half when the legs are a bit tired. Yeah. I just find management like that really, really good. Um, Wolves do that with the Dama Triore at the minute, and they've seen the benefit from him in terms of his assists. The something that I found out with Atalanta is that, well, one, well, a player that we all love, especially from this game week, Ilicic, got injured in the game against Juventus, and he hasn't played or been on the bench since then and that was back in the beginning of July so it's over a month and then there was rumours of the alleged incident involving family Uh, I've not seen like a confirmation with that but I think there's enough people reporting it to take interest in it so basically after this round I would look elsewhere if you're still desperate to get an Atlanta player in your team there's a couple of players I wanted to highlight. Firstly, Gomez, uh, the little magician that he is. He's got 10 assists since lockdown. He only started 10 times. So basically an assist every time he starts. And that's not bad at going at all. So Atalanta only lost one game, and that was the last game of the season against Inter Milan. That was also the only game that they didn't score in. Uh, in, since lockdown, but Golini, the, the goalkeeper, is potentially injured. He was substituted in the last game in Inter Milan, five minutes in. So I'm guessing they'll just we'll have to wait and see what happens with with him. But other than that, um, I think you can just toss a coin between Zapata and Muriel on if you're desperate for a striker. To be honest, though, I would only stick with either Gosens, uh, Castagne, or Hatterbauer, just because they're defenders who play as wing-backs. Both of them get forward. I mean, all three of them get forward, whoever he plays. And uh, like what you were saying before, Dan, he brings on the substitutions for tactical reasons. He has it pre-planned, but he's also willing to adjust. So he has Muriel, who's come off the bench and has, is the top scorer since lockdown. He scored nine goals. You have Zapata, who starts pretty much every game, who scores eight. But you also have Malinowski, who is, if he's on the field, he's their penalty taker. And... Okay. He has four goals and three assists. And he's also, when Ilicic was injured, has played up front as well. So he's a potential dark horse into the Atlanta team that I don't, I'm not sure on the price, but I don't believe he's expensive. So, yeah, I can't envisage him being particularly expensive. I know um, that was a lot of names and information getting thrown at you, but. Muriel, nine goals. Zapata has eight goals and 12 appearances. Gomez has 10 assists and 10 appearances. 
and Gossens has four goals and three assists in 11 appearances, which for a left-back is definitely worth a punt at his price of under five million. It's likely that they'll concede in their game, I think. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be overloading. I think it's you choose between Hatabua or Gossens and just be done with one of the two. I wouldn't really go for anyone else. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Do not be picking any of their three centre-backs. They are dreadful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dreadful. So I think they're mainly the players. And as you say, the dark horse, Malinowski, as a penalty taker, is always worth a punt, especially at a cheap price point. He is a dark horse that you could potentially look at. And if he does come on the field, he... he... Ever since Ilicic got injured, he's played in part of the front three. So, so we'll move on to the next team, Atletico Madrid. They've been pretty good since the, uh, since the restart. Scored 20 goals as a team, which is more than what I thought they would have scored. And absolutely no surprise that they've only conceded six goals in those games. So plenty of clean sheets as well. So with Atletico, they've been tough in a sense of picking forward players. They've rotated quite a lot um, in terms of the players playing in the forward areas. They've tend to have been playing a 4-4-2 recently, where either Costa or Morata plays, they've played the same amount of games, and then they interchange between the player up front with them, between um, between Felix Carrasco's played up there, uh, Angel Carrera's played up there, so it, I would not recommend looking at, at the Madrid forwards, because we just haven't got a clue who's going to play. Where they are so, so strong, as per usual though, is defensively and in the midfield. Thomas Partey, Again, really cheap. He's in my team currently at the moment. It's a great choice because he plays every game in centre midfield, has the odd pop shots so up, it goes in, he's going to get the extra outside of the box point, most, more than likely. But his job is to just break up the play in the middle of the pitch. And he's absolutely amazing at doing it. So he tends to just chip away at points without really having to ever actually do anything. Sowell's the penalty taker, so he's always worth a punt. And Koke's um, been doing pretty well in terms of he's got a couple of goals from open play. But I wouldn't be looking at Atletico Madrid players for goals, particularly. Lodi, we speak about him every podcast. For his price point, for me, is an absolute must. He plays every game at left-back, providing he's fit, which he is at the moment. Uh, the only injury news really is Vasalico at right back. He's injured, so Trippier is more than likely to play. Arias is there as cover. Sometimes plays both sides, but mainly right back. But I'd still feel really confident with Trippier, although I still think for the price, Lodi would be better. So if we think about as well the tactics of the Champions League going forward, not from a fantasy standpoint, but the actual Champions League. It's one-off games. So if you make a mistake in one of the games, you don't have that chance to come back in the second one. 
And so Atletico Madrid are the type of team where their mindset is if we defend well, we have a chance of winning the game. While a lot of other teams will be like, we need to quickly grab a goal. And the longer it goes on, the nerves can kick in. And so that's what makes Atletico Madrid defenders pretty valuable. That in a one-off game, they are the more likely to get a clean sheet. While And even with the Champions League game, you get tackle points. If they invite a team onto them, like what you were saying, Dan, they're going to get a lot. They're just going to chip away at points, especially Thomas. And I think one thing with Atletico Madrid as well is that with the one-off game format, you've got to be careful. You're not looking for... You can take the odd risk with people with the highest ceiling. But if people have low floors, you kind of want to stay away from them. And I feel like that's what the Atletico Madrid attackers have that they have low floors and that you, it's hard to tell which one will get the points. And so unless you're going to spread out the attackers throughout your team, which we would recommend against, we would say stay away from Atletico Madrid attackers until we know if he's playing a set attacker all the time, then it might be worth it. But Or if you're getting closer to the final and there's not many people to choose from. Nothing much else to say. The the only really tough test that they had was against Barcelona, which they drew two two. Um, happens when you play against Messi, and I don't think they really had very much to play for in the league anyway. So I don't think that resolve that's required to win a tournament like this was probably there. If we're being fair to them, but speaking of Barcelona, that's our next team. So Barcelona have a couple of suspensions going into the next game. So if you've got Busquets of Adal, just stay clear of them. Just be careful on who you sub in. It, the best thing to do is wait until the lineups are announced. However, if you don't have time, just follow our advice. Don't get yeah. midfielders in. They're both suspended, and the game hasn't updated yet, I know for sure, because Raheem Sterling still has a little yellow medical sign on him from previously, and there are other players who definitely are injured who don't have anything on them, which is frustrating. Sorted out Champions League fantasy football. Game hub. Barcelona, an indifferent start. It's not been as bad as what we've been saying, but for their lofty standards, seven wins, three draws, and one loss. It's not been as bad as Man City or Liverpool, to be fair. No, I think that was... I think we might have fallen trap to the the media basically blowing up the fact that they can't keep up with Real Madrid. So the fact yeah. that Real Madrid caught them and then Barcelona dropped the odd point when Real Madrid just kept picking them up. I think we fell trap to the fact that we were listening too much to what the pundits were saying. When when you look at it as a as one off games, they only lost once. Yeah. And so as a one off game, it's hard to bet against Messi, if you know what I mean. Uh I know we had a lot to say on his leadership style, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But 
can you really, if you had to pick a team to go into a one-off game and win, could you bet against Messi? And it's it's hard to it's hard to say no, um, to at least have him in your team to win that one-off game. So yeah, Barcelona, they might not have played like Barcelona typically do, but they're still a hard team to to beat. Yeah, it's Messi's still Messi. He's still he's still probably the best player in the world <laughs> on his day. He really, really is. He's just another level. So it is difficult. The one thing is with Barcelona, the Siemens settled on a system. The players are massively rotated. Barcelona aren't a team I'm overly interested in, unless it was Messi. He's the only player of any interest to me at all. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's the most expensive player in their team and maybe on the game maybe yeah, Lewandowski is more expensive but unless you because unless you had him on your bench for this game week we're not going to be interested in him and then it depends on who they get into the next round as as well because they're going to yeah. have the well they're going to have Bayern Munich um, more than likely so can you see Barcelona beating Bayern Munich and that's the question that will also decide, do you want Messi or not? I wouldn't disagree with anyone betting on Messi to do something on his day, though. Again, speaking of Bayern Munich, (laughs) that's next on our list. So, Bayern Munich have had an awful restart with 11 wins out of 11. Yep. They also won their friendly last week. Yeah, they won their friendly 1-0 against Marseille, which I'll speak about. Um... So first of all, just for the stats, five clean sheets in those 11 games. They scored 33 goals, which is an average quick maths three a game. And they conceded uh, just nine goals. So they conceded, well, less than a goal a game, obviously, with the clean sheets in there. Um, they do have an injury to Pavard at right back for the game against Marseille, which was a friendly. They had Joshua Kimmich play at right back so I think that's likely what we're going to see they've got enough central midfielders in there that I do think that Kimmich is going to just slot into right back you'll probably have Goretzka and Thiago in the centre more than likely yeah the four players that have been playing up front mostly have been Coleman, Muller and Nabry with Lewandowski in front of Muller. That's been their general shape around things. For that friendly against Marseille, Coleman was dropped, however, for Perisic, but apparently he had an absolute shocker, was substu- uh, substituted off. Coleman came on and was excellent, so I can still imagine it being Coleman, Muller, Nabry, Lewandowski. Um, yeah, maybe not it... against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. We'll just wait for the team news. But I think what that's doing is give going to give us a good indication of the team after that, which is kind of what we want. Yeah. If it's um, not broke, why fix it? Yeah. Alaba, at centre-back, David Alaba has apparently been their last player, uh, their last player, their best player over the last few weeks. Um, 
and apparently was by far the best player against Marseille. They looked a little rusty by Munich uh, for the first 30 minutes because they hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But the second half, the rust was gone. They were playing, playing pretty well. I imagine against Chelsea, we'll probably see that rust. But Bayern Munich are the favourites. So the favourites for a reason. They are great all over the pitch. Invest in anyone you like. I personally will be going for Lewandowski, Nabry, and I'll be looking at a cheap possible defender if they've got any. Um, Alfonso Davies is unfortunately a midfielder on the game. Mm-hmm. So that is disappointing. I'm not sure about some of the other players for prices. It's something I'll just everyone's going to have to take a look at to see what sort of budget they have. But it is really recommended to get one buying defender in there. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And a positive with Bayern Munich is that I don't think any substitute that they make will significantly weaken the team. They've got a very, very deep squad. And so just keep an eye out on the starting lineup because... Like what we were saying before, the game hasn't updated. I said that Pavard was on my bench. I think you have him as well. Yep. And it doesn't show that he's injured. So don't fall into the trap. Don't lose out on points, even if someone only got one point. Uh, The points are very close in terms of rank. That being said, Chelsea must be the most fodder team left in this competition. So they are having a nightmare at the moment. Defensively, they've been all over the place since the restart. All over the place before the restart. What they have had, though, is great attacking prowess. And since the restart, Willian playing for a new contract that he still hasn't been given. Pulisic have both been absolutely brilliant. Both are injured. So we've been saying that we think Chelsea would, would definitely score because of their form going forward. But without those two players, I really don't believe they are going to score. You look at Pedro has a dislocated shoulder. Aspilicueta has pulled his hamstring. So their best defender is injured. They're an absolute calamity at the back as it is. Frank Lampard... I really like Frank. I really like him as a manager. So tactically inept against Arsenal. It's a beyond belief. So for anyone that didn't say the FA Cup final, they played a ridiculously high line. with Against one of the fastest strikers in the world. Like, Aspilicueta has been one of the best right-backs of the Premier League era. He is right up there in the conversation. He's been unbelievable. You've got him playing right centre-back in his mid-30s when he's a bit sluggish these days because he's in his mid-30s playing against one of the fastest, most clinical and most clever players in the league. Completely isolating him. It just really isn't a good idea. In Arsenal finished... Where did they finish? Eighth in the league? Yeah. So... As well as Chelsea played for the first 15-20 minutes, the writing was on the wall, really. If I was to pick a Chelsea player, 
which I wouldn't. Giroud has looked okay. Like Giroud's sort of got really consistent goals since the restart. Doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's got the potential of getting one. He's a handful in the box. But I've got a feeling that Hudson Adoy is going to be playing on one wing. Maybe Mason Mount on the other wing. And I still think that they're just going to be too slow in the centre of the pitch. Kante might be back, but it'll be his first game back. So I can't see him being up to match fitness. Jorginho is just too slow. Sorry, I think they wouldn't want to risk him missing him for next season. Yeah. Like, I think I don't see Frank Lampard playing him for long. I think he'll just get a run out at the end of the game. Half an hour at the end. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Loftus-Cheek could come in. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one seeing what the formation is. It's just, I'd say it's a pretty much waste of time with especially how that FA Cup final went for them. Yeah, it's not good. The struggle to break down Norwich, so I don't think they're going to break down Bayern Munich. We'll have more information on this in the later part this week. So stay tuned for that, where we'll be able to look at Frank Lampard's press conference and be able to see what his attitude is going into the game. If he mentions anything about youngsters, just don't risk subbing anyone. I think that's the main message of this podcast. Don't risk subbing people until we see the lineups for this round. A lot of the information that we're going to go into after this is for teams who are more likely going to advance and which players we want to bring in in our unlimited transfers. And so going on to Juventus, they have actually, if you look at their results, they are the definition of getting the job done and then shutting off. They did really well at the start of uh, lockdown where they won four on the bounce and then they lost to AC Milan, which I loved. <laughs> um, <laughs> that comeback. Then they drew the next two games, 2-2 two, two, and 3-3. Three, three. So they're just leaking goals. And from then, they just kind of drifted to the finish. Once they got that final win to get the title, it was, they lost both games of the season and they didn't really play their week a team like they were playing us their mostly their starting eleven. The only players they rested were like Ronaldo and stuff. So they lost the last two games of the season, did they? Yes. They lost to Roma three one and a Cagliari two nil. And so players to target in Juventus, you've obviously got Ronaldo who was in unbelievable form. Scored 10 goals. The only risk for this game against Leon is Dabala has got an injury to his thigh and it's going to be a race against time to see if he's fit in time for the Leon game. He'll be a massive miss. He has the most assists for Ronaldo. Uh, Pjanic then caught up with how many assists but before that injury Dybala had the most assists for him 
he had scored five. He scored in five Serie A games on the in a row, and he plays through the middle. Higuain doesn't have the same confidence, and he's not that type of player who will link up with Ronaldo and clear the space for Ronaldo. Both of them are goal poachers, and so they'll more likely run into the same spaces. They played together in the Cagliari game and didn't score. And so, for me, I would only target Ronaldo as an attacker moving forward. We have him in our team. He was rested against Roma, so he's more likely going to start. Defense-wise, people may have Chiellini, but he was injured a lot of when the round of 16 started, and he still hasn't really returned. So it's going to be Delict and Bonucci back there. And Alexandro has been in and out of injuries, and so has Danilo. So we've got a few injury concerns to look at at their defense. And there's a big question mark on whether Pjanic will play or whether they'll make sure that he stays fit for Barcelona next season. The lifters have a couple of goals since the restart, so it's very punty. But if you do want to punt on a goal-scoring defender, might be the one, might be. So with Leipzig, no shock really that... Uh, Timo Werner has been their top goal scorer and he's not going to be playing. So that is a huge, huge blow. But it does make things a little bit easier for fantasy. So just looking at Leipzig's form since the restart, it's not been particularly great. They've won four games. They've drawn four games and they've lost a game, I believe. Um... They've drawn five games, sorry. They've drawn five games. So, they've not been particularly assured of themselves. I can't see them going into a game against, I don't know, Madrid overly confidently. Goal-wise, since the restart, they have, teams that have actually went back to playing in a league, they have the joint lowest goal scored with Atletico Madrid, which is pretty much what we were saying a couple of weeks ago when we thought these are the two teams that aren't really going to score, the stats have backed it up. The difference is Leipzig have conceded double the amount of goals to Madrid. And without Timo Werner, who scored seven of those goals, I can just see them really, really struggling. Um, Sabitzer's not really done much since the restart. Schick's got a few goals. Um, Poulsen who has a couple of goals is injured and is a doubt at the moment but obviously just keep an eye out on that they've been all over the place with their formation that could be a work of genius whereby Simeone might not know what they're going to (laughs) do but I just don't think they're going to be anything in, in the next round I personally won't be looking too much at them. I've got Lamer at the moment. He might stay in because he's a budget defender. And I can't see Athletic Real Madrid scoring loads of goals against them. Konati is injured at the moment. Again, a doubt for this game. 
It's another Leipzig injury. He's a centre-back. Doesn't usually play too often, although he is a good option if they needed him. He's quite quick. Yeah, Leipzig aren't filling me with a lot of confidence and they don't have any outstanding players other than Werner. I think something that I've found with the team is that they haven't really been able to settle on their defence because two of their defenders got red carded. But the So against Hertha Berlin, Holstenberg got red carded. And then as it was coming to the last game of his suspension, Upmakano got red carded. And so they weren't able to settle on their defence until the last game against Dortmund and Augsburg. They've not really been able to settle on their defence like their first choice defenders, which runs the risk of not being in, in sync with each other, which is exactly the type of team that a certain Costa would love to play against. Yeah. I think you'd love to play against that physical back three anyway. I think a really good team for Atleti would be Costa to get really physical and Felix, Jao Felix, just pop in those spaces. And they probably could do some real damage. Yes. The wing backs, this is another team that play, if they play the 3 5 2, will play with wing backs. So Mukiele and Tassander could be options. But I think Lema's has got a couple of assists. He's one of the cheaper options. I think he's the safe bet. He's an out of position defender. So there's yeah. always the positives of him potentially. I remember in the last in this current game week that he won a penalty and so he got the two points for that. Yeah, Lema's the the one who's likely to get interception points. He's got it in him to get a clean sheet if they do keep a clean sheet. And he can get maybe not goal returns too often, but he's definitely got it in him to get um assist returns. Yeah. And like you say, won that penalty for us this game week. So he's not a bad shout. He's a facilitator. We still need facilitators in the game. We are still allowed transfers afterwards. So if you've got one player that you think is worth a bit of a punt, I'll be having him in as a punt, I think, if I yeah. if I can't afford the only someone risk, a bit more solid. The only risk with it is that it works out in this game, the fact that Lodi and Lema are playing each other, so that you know definitely one of them are going to go through. So you'll have a budget defender into the next round as well. The only problem is if you have a budget defender from this team and then a budget defender from another team and then they both go out, you've got to try and find a replacement. And that uh, that's the only Struggle. risk you run Yeah, with having that kind of strategy in a knockout tournament. In other fantasy games, it's perfect. Let's say you go for Gussens. It's, I think he's around 4.3, something like that. Lema at around 4.1 and Lordy at around 4.2. That's roughly what they are. And yeah. Sorry, not Lordy. Um, let's say you go for another budget defender. All three of them go out because obviously Lordy and Lema can't both go out. Um, so you've got three 
budget defenders that do end up going out, you've then only got 12.5 million to get three players in and find those three players from teams that have gone through. So what's more than likely is you're going to have to make four substitutions because you're going to have to take out one of your better players to have enough money to bring in three players of value that are players playing in a semi-final of the Champions League. And some of them Next players up, are four million for a reason. Yeah. So don't go too crazy. Uh, we've mentioned the ones who are worth getting, but some of the, like we said, the Atlanta players, Toloi is, is 3.9. He's one of the cheapest of players in the whole entire game. He's worth 3.9. Just don't even, <laughs> don't get tempted. Bless him. You're not wrong. Uh, moving on to uh, Leon, who I think you're going to be interested with this. I am. As, are, as am I. There is a player that has just been sold from Leon to Hertha Berlin. Oh. Do you know which player that is? Toussaint. Correct. So Toussaint, who we big up quite a bit, got the goal against Juventus, for whatever reason has been sold to Hertha Berlin. Now that I don't know why Hertha Berlin, because I think he's better than that. Yeah. And why now? It's all very strange. They've obviously not had a season to come back to. They've played four friendlies. They've won three of them and lost one of them. But the friendlies, they were mixing around a lot. They've also had the uh, Coupe de la Ligue. Coupe de la Liga, that's the one. <laughs> they drew nil-nil with PSG, which is an excellent result. But they lost 6-5 on pens. In that game, so just because I feel like that PSG game is the one that's sort of most relevant, they did have 15 shots, but only four were on target. And they had a 42% possession. Their team for the midfield had Aware and Dubois on the wings with Kakare, Kone, uh, written Cornet. They seem pretty fixed in that midfield now that Toussaint isn't there. I think if you were to to go with Leon players, Aware's a really good shout. We have talked about before. He's on set pieces. Although Depay is back now. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really done much in the friendlies, but he's been injured for a long time. Dembele has not really done much. Depay is expensive for a punt, but he is a differential. Other than that, Leon defenders, if you've, if you've got any Leon players, I'd put them in against this event. It seems, it seems really shaky. I think we'll know more about Leon after this game against Juventus. And I think we'll know more about Juventus after them. So I think whoever you've got, roll with it, but not Toussaint. If you're one of the people that have Toussaint, he's been sold and he's not been playing. And so... Manchester City, they, granted they've played a lot of weaker teams, well, that you would consider weak. Uh, I'm sure these Premier League teams, some of them will still play well in other European leagues just due to the style of play. 
However, Manchester City have been scoring for fun. And they've had a lot of fun getting a lot of players' time on the field. I do not... I, I know we ran, like we discussed last time about potentially David Silva getting minutes. I don't think he'll get too much. I just whenever there was a game that mattered, I don't he wasn't in the team. So for Manchester City, De Bruyne, best player in the world for he's, the season. He's an absolute must if you want Man City players with them being uh well, I think he's the penalty taker. Raheem Sterling did take the last penalty. Yeah, which and he missed and then scored the rebound. Makes no sense yeah. why De Bruyne has not missed yet. Doesn't make sense why they did that. Unless Sterling has like a bonus he wants to I get. Think you, I think because he'd already scored and he was feeling it and they had like Norwich the last game and I yeah. think he felt he had a chance for the golden boot. De Bruyne doesn't want to take penalties. I remember saying that in an interview that he would rather someone else took them, but he said that he trusts the coach and will do what he's asked to do. That's and insane, so, that. I know. Absolutely it just shows crazy. that he's not that it just shows that he's not that type of player. That he'd rather yeah. get assists because did you see his reaction when he was told that he didn't break the record but that he only equaled it? Yeah, he's going mental, wasn't he? Yeah. Because you, you took like, two off me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quality. I love him. So, uh, De Bruyne is a must. Sterling is in very good form. I think that's going to be interesting for us too. You have Sterling. I have De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, however, Man City have the tendency to just lose games that they're just expected to win. Yeah. And so... Just be careful. Don't go overboard with City players is what I would say because if you choose to get all five players in the unlimited transfer round and then either Juventus or Leon knock them out in the next match, which you would expect them to win, you then have to use all five transfers to get all of them Man City players out um, yeah. without even worrying about the rest of the games. So don't go... Or my advice is don't go over the top, but make sure that you have the city assets that are more likely to do well. Example, Sterling, De Bruyne, and potentially Mares. Yeah. Man City are a nightmare because of their rotation policy. There are yeah. three teams for me that are a nightmare. Uh, and I believe we've got to talk about the other two later. Yeah. Um, but you, but um, Man City are dreadful with Pep Roulette and especially with games every three or four days. Against Real Madrid, I can see him playing a double pivot of Gundogan and Rodri. De Bruyne in front, I can see him playing Mares one side, Jesus up front, Sterling the other side. That's what I can see happening. But we saw for the other game at the Bernabeu, he played a completely new formation yeah, Which Gabriel Jesus is a left winger. Yeah, so never try and second-guess Pep. Just wait for the teams to come out, see who's playing, then pop your players in. I'm quite confident that Sterling and De Bruyne will be playing. Yeah, same. But who are we to second-guess Pep Guardiola? Players that would not be going anywhere near are defenders 
because they are garbage. Next up, your boys, Napoli. Napoli. So, one thing that I like about Gattuso from his time when he managed at AC Milan, he's a very, very good man manager. However, I think that because they had guaranteed their place in Europe by winning the Coppa d'Italia against Juventus, they had guaranteed their place in Europe. That's the cup that I struggled to say last week, wasn't it? Yes. That I accidentally left in. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Aaron. Make me look like an idiot. Coppa Nazionale. I'm very good at cutting out my mistakes, though. So, with in tying all that together, Gattuso has rotated every game. I don't know if he was one of the ones where you were counting, but he has rotated his team every game. He has not had a starting eleven the same. I don't know whether that's because there's three days in between each game, but he's rotated to the point where even the goalkeeper has rotated. Yeah. So I know Ospina had like a, a health scare in the middle of a match. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. But I would say the only mainstays in the team is Insigne, who's their penalty taker. Fabian Ruiz, who is unbelievable. I don't think he'll stay at Napoli very long. Koulibaly, um, centre mid. He's an attacking mid. Um, He's kind of like a Frank Lampard in the fact that he'll drift in the box and make the late run, especially because people will be picking up Mertens and Callion. And he'll just make a late run and just has really good positioning. But he's also good at the point where it'll look like he's looking for a pass when in reality he he has a very good like scoop i don't know the best way to describe it on a podcast where he will like kind of roll his foot over the ball the defense then moves like an inch and he has a shot angle open up and so he will not be at napoli very long um i'm sure he'll be in the all the newspapers and transfer rumors does he have many goals or assists since the restart? Do you? Yes, he has. From what I've seen, um, he averages an assist every three games and he's scored three, I believe. Not bad. And so. I'll check out his price. I think he's somewhere like five and a half million. Um. If if they make it past Barcelona, he he's definitely worth a shot, especially when all the other players who you would consider for Napoli, like Mertens, are eight million. And when there's a turnaround of every four or five games, they aren't the youngest, like Dries Mertens. Mertens actually so, hasn't played that much. Um, yeah. he did he did get injured in a game quite early on sorry in the 19th of July against Udinese he was subbed off after 31 minutes uh, with an injury Uh, it wasn't too serious because he started the last game and got two assists but I I think his minutes will be managed so Milik will start Insigne is the penalty taker like I said Koulibaly is one of them 
fantasy traps where we know how good he is in real life, but in reality, he won't get you much more than a few defensive tackle bonus. Um, if that, he's, he's more of a man-marking, clearing-off-the-line kind of defender. Yeah. So I wouldn't think too hard about Napoli players in your team. I would say Fabian is a good option. Insigne is a good option if you can afford him. But other than that, don't take any risks with this team. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Napoli versus Barcelona. Really interesting. The penultimate team, not much to say, PSG. They um, haven't had a season to go back to either, obviously. They've played three friendlies and also a cup game, which we've already talked about. Drew 0 nil, one six five. I've had two cup games. What was the other cup game? Uh, there was the one against Leon, and then there was one against Saint Etienne. Oh yeah, the one where they won one nil. Yeah, yeah, that's the game Mbappe got injured. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize it was a cup. There you go. Um, some really interesting things. So first of all, they've kept a clean sheet in every game. Who would have thought? Scoring 14 goals. Um, but Di Maria is suspended for the next game. So, so stay clear. No, I think with, really in- yeah, with Paris, I know you were going to move on to it. Don't overthink the players who are there. Neymar, Icardi is a pretty solid starter now. Yeah. And a lot of it just depends on the health of Mbappe, whether he can get fit. Is is he ruled out for definite in the quarterfinal? He's not. He's not the 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 run sure. It's looking very unlikely, but I don't think you'll start anyway, because let's say he does get fully peeled. I don't think he's gonna be fit enough. Mm-hmm. So I think he might get brought on as a sub at best. Yeah. So I'd be staying away from him from him personally. He's in my team currently. He'll be getting uh, transferred out, and Neymar will be coming in. Yeah, because Neymar's Neymar. done well. I've got Neymar on my team. One think, thing, sorry, is that Bernat has been injured, but he returned yes. to training last Monday. So Baka's been playing at left back. It's just not something to get confused by. If you've done some research and you've seen, oh, this backer kid's been playing and he's really, really cheap, don't get sucked in. Bernat's been injured and now he's not injured. That's not to say backer is going to lose his place. He might have been playing unbelievably well, but it's not a risk I really want to take. Kutsava and um, Kerrera. Kerrera? That's how I would have done it, Kerrera. They've been taking turns at right back. But again, it's not something I'm overly keen on. Bernat is an asset if he's fit. So if he plays against, uh, if he plays in the quarterfinal, then I'll be really interested in him. Or if I get the inclination that he's going to be playing because he can get attacking returns. But other than that, I think Neymar is the is the main player I want. Di Maria is obviously a no go because he's suspended. Uh, but there's not much to say about PSG because they haven't played much. They've won 9-0, 4-0, 1-0, Drew 
it's thankfully we don't have to worry about this until the unlimited transfers when they're going to be playing Atalanta who leak goals as well so it's going to be an interesting game I think yeah. both both teams don't pick their defence the last team the big one Real Madrid so Spanish champions unbelievable return if not emphatic in terms of results certainly emphatic in terms of consistency of results um, only 21 goals scored if you compare that to Man City's 36 for example uh, or even Barcelona's 23 but only six goals conceded. They've kept six clean sheets. Uh, they've won all but one game, and that game that they drew was the last game of the season, 2-2. Yeah, and the, uh, uh, the goals that they conceded as well were only after they had won the title. Like, yeah. Well, they conceded a few at the start, but they, they kept a, a run of five clean sheets in a row. And then after that, they had won the title. And so they didn't have to be as switched on. The interesting thing, so Mariano tested positive for COVID-19. So that's just mainly to say, I appreciate he's probably not an asset for anyone. But just in case you had heard that a Real Madrid player did have COVID and you're wondering, oh, is it one of my assets? Probably not. It's Mariano. Ramos is suspended. That is massive. He has been outrageous since the restart. He's been getting goals, has per, been keeping clean sheets. And without him at the back, that is... I think that could be the difference for that game against Man City. I really do. They're another team that love to rotate, 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 rotate. Especially in formations and forward lines between 4-3-3s to 4-2-3-1s. I'm pretty confident they played a 4-4-2 at one point. They've been changing a lot. The most consistent players recently have been Benzema up front, obviously, Asensio and Rodrigo either side, although immediately after the restart was Vinicius Jr. getting more game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodrigo since coming in has got a couple of goals Vinicius Junior before getting taken out got a couple of goals Real Madrid attackers on something that I'm overly interested in because they've not scored too many goals and I don't know who's playing other than Benzema yeah Benzema uh, has definitely been their player of the, of the season and a lot of pundits have called him a Ballon d'Or contender yeah so I guess just as an overview Bayern Munich 100% win rate. Real Madrid, 90% win rate. Different teams have played a different amount of games. You have the Italian teams playing 13, 14 games each compared to the German league. Leipzig played only 10, which was the least competitive games other than the French league, of course. And... Leipzig and Juventus have the lowest win rates with Leipzig having 40% of their games won and Juventus having 42%. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how these teams can hopefully keep up this form. Different teams have had a different amount of break. And I think this is where the sports science teams and their medical teams really earn their money where they've had a long yeah. break and then go straight into knockout Champions League football. I can't wait. It's going to be quality. It's coming back. So we have the games coming back on Friday the 7th of August. This Friday, 8 o'clock UK time. And starting with Juventus and Leon, Juventus versus Leon. And Man City versus Real Madrid, both on at the so same time. How annoying! You're watching, you're watching the Juventus Leon game. I'm watching the. Real I think we have to do rock paper Man scissors City. to provide analysis. Well, can I? <laughs> uh, well, I'm out watching that game because it's my dad sitting my house. My, my, my dad sitting his house for my birthday on the Friday. All so, right. so I'll be having a couple of pints watching that game, and I don't think I'm have a choice. <laughs> Sounds good. And so, in the next day, the action doesn't stop. Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. Barcelona versus Napoli. Who are you choosing to watch? Well, you want to watch the Napoli-Barcelona game, don't you? Yeah, I just don't think there's much interest in the other game. Like, I just can't yeah. see... I'll watch Bayern-Chelsea then. I mean, I was probably going to have both on my screen. Yeah, I'll be out again for my actual birthday. <laughs> so so I'll have to pick. I'll have to pick a pub. And yeah, so, my girlfriend's taking me out. My girlfriend's taking me out, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll book the table for like seven or whatever." She's like, "Oh, I booked it a bit earlier. I booked it for four o'clock, and then we'll have some drinks afterwards." And I just thought, "Yes, <laughs> this is perfect." <laughs> Jennifer, I just wanna. Oh, look at this! There's a football on. <laughs> you. you... If there's a, you're sitting across from each other, you've made sure that your seat is facing the TV. 100%. I can sit next to us. I'll let her watch it. Okay. So does it mind football? That's it's quite like Chelsea as well, to be fair. So I'll just be like, oh, is that Chelsea up again? Steph got mad at me the other day when the, FA, when the FA Cup final was on because when Pulisic got injured, obviously she's American, so she was mad about that. But also, that when the substitute had come on and he had a, I think it was Pedro, and Pedro had like a chance straight away or something like that, she got mad at me because she was like, I actually almost jumped out my seat at that chance. You have me watching football. And I was just <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. That's what we want. Did you say football or soccer? Football. She, yes, I love so it. it. It's weird because... We, English and American, obviously say things differently. But what I find weird is that we translate for each other. So I end up saying American phrases to translate for she her. Says she English. says English phrases to translate for me. But something that we both agree with is that it's called football. So thankfully, Good. that's something that I don't have to translate. Yeah. For your little one, are you calling her mom or mom or mum? So Steph's very strict about this. We have to call it. Steph has to be called Mom. M O M. Your child's gonna get bullied at school though, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I read like yeah, my mom." 
Loves to go shopping. <laughs> Obviously, because Steph's from Georgia with a southern slang, they'll. I, I was and um from Newcastle. She'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll read y'all." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> y'all are read. Just gonna love gravy. Quality. <laughs> well, I'm on that bombshell. Over the next week, especially with uh, the unlimited transfers, we're going to be releasing a lot of content. So make sure you subscribe on anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Please uh, feel free to get in touch. We'll uh, drop our email and ways to get in touch with us in the description. We'll be setting up Twitter for the new season. That's a new season thing. It's pointless doing it now. Yes. Um, And we've got some like artwork in and we want to get everything set up properly for next year. This season's sort of been our trial period. Trial Mm. by fire that is COVID-19 hasn't been easy but um, if anything it's given us a little bit of extra time Anchor has a messaging platform so we'll drop that link in where you can leave a voice message we might if we get enough of them we might even cut them into the podcast so you might even appear on the podcast and uh, we'll create our email but a lot of exciting updates uh, for the rest of the season, especially uh, moving into next season, we have a lot of exciting things planned. Uh, please come along with us for the journey. Yeah, well, um, I like how you've got a FIFA tie in there. It's the prize. So, well done. Well done to you there, Aaron. Very proud thank of you. yourself. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. We will see you in a few days because we'll be back with another podcast. So take care, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll speak to you later, Aaron. See you.